This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host, Tanishka Sodhi, and joining me in the studio are my colleagues, uh, Pratyush Deep and Sumedha Mittal. Hi guys, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Are you excited to be here? Yeah, <laughs> okay. very much. <laughs> um, and Pratyush actually did a story a few days ago, which um, is related to the cash for query allegations against TMC MP uh, Mahua Moitra, which the Lok Sabha Ethics Committee is soon going to be hearing. Advocate Jay Anand Dehadre and Hiranandani Group CEO Darshan Hiranandani have alleged that the MP took bribes to ask questions in the parliament, which she has outright denied. We'll get into the story soon. Sumedha's story, on the other hand, is a deep dive into how FCRA is being used to crack down on NGOs. Uh, it's an elaborate story with data points, anecdotes, and also talks about the impact that this crackdown is having on NGOs. Uh, so Sumedha, starting with your story, can you explain this crackdown and how many NGOs have been affected? Yeah, so just for our viewers, FCRA's Foreign Contribution Regulations Act. So whatever the money which comes from foreign countries to India, uh, the government introduced this act to regulate that money. So our NGOs, which is also a civil society, are heavily dependent on these foreign contributions. Okay. This is a detailed piece and this is a paywall story. So you have to be a news only subscriber to read this story. And so, yeah, coming to your question that about the crackdown. So I was just analyzing data of number of NGOs who have whose license has been cancelled from 2012 to 2023. And I saw that right after Narendra Modi came into power in 2014, in 2015, around 10,000 NGOs license was cancelled. And from 2014 to 2023, there are over 20,000 NGOs have lost their FCRA okay. registration. And it's a big number because if they don't have FCRA registration, that means they cannot take money. They cannot take money from the foreign contributors. They cannot accept donations. And as a result, there was a lot of like we we have taken case study of some four NGOs right. in our story, which is Oxfam India, Care India, and Center for Equity Studies. And the fourth one is um, SLIC, Social Legal Information Center. Mm. So we have found that over two thousand and four hundred people lost their job. And it's not just the story of job loss. Uh, it's also the story of that how many projects they had to let go off because they don't have donation they don't have funding to support their work basically they are saying that it's an attack on the civil society because for example take the case of Oxfam India they had FCRA registration from 35 years and it was never a problem so the officers there I spoke to they were asking me why it has become a problem now right. and we all know the kind of reports which Oxfam India would publish which the government of India might not be very happy about it like right. it punches the government's narrative that everything is well in India hmm. so yeah that's the okay, whole. so just a layman's question. Uh, hmm. Why do NGOs rely so heavily on FCRAs that the cancellation can affect them um, hmm. so much? So be because in India, the philanthropy culture is not that strong. Right. Like if we look at it historically also. Right. And Indian donors, they don't give a lot of money for research and advocacy kind of work. Right. Be because that work would always you know kind of produce kind of reports or data or right. or you know like litigation work which will question any government in power for example right. we have taken the case study of social legal information center so 
when i was talking to one of the founders of slick colin gonsalves he was saying i asked him you know like why 90 over 95% of slick's funding came from foreign donations so he was he told me it's because who would give money in india to yeah. to do litigation work hmm And on what basis have has the FCRA been cancelled? For some for some NGOs, the basis are like they were not complying with FCRA norms, and like uh, so one of one of the top officers said that it's like nitpicking, like just because we haven't crossed the T's and dotted the I's, our FCRA license was suspended. Hmm. And for others, that we have also found that there were links to. some projects like uh, adani maybe and because they were involved in protesting a uh, protest against adani right but what what reason do they give or do they not have to give a reason when so they cancel so this reason was not explicitly mentioned in right. their fcra revocation order hmm. but this reason that they were involved in protest against adani was mentioned in two of the ngos who lost their income tax exemption status which okay. was life and environics trust it was like not life sorry in oxfam india and environics trust hmm. okay so it was like very clearly mentioned in their income tax order that you know like because these ngos were involved in protest against adani they have lost their income tax exemption status but that's in- income tax exemption status we are right. talking about fcra right so that's why like these were like maybe sm- some small small things and they were not so as per the act the act says that uh if the government wants to uh suspend or cancel your fcra hmm. they have to give one chance to hear your case for example but in the case of chri they said that you know we were not informed like we just received that our fcra is, has been suspended out of the blue so they so did not get a chance they didn't yeah they didn't get a chance yeah. so then so then they challenged the government's order in the court so they took the matter to the court so all these ngos whose example we have taken hmm. so uh like one common thing is that they have all challenged why whether it's suspension or non renewal right. orders in the delhi high court okay. and the cases have been pending from one and a half years or two okay. years and out of these uh, 20000 uh, case studies hmm. uh, i mean how many cases have made it to the court how many are uh, appealing against hmm. it that data unfortunately we don't have okay. like i try i try to talk to a lot of lawyers and you right. know like a lot of people in the ngo sector or ngos association wani hmm. but they said that they haven't maintained that kind of a data because if if we would have been able to get that kind of data it would have been fantastic yeah. to know like you know what what is the battle inside the courts right right definitely yeah. maybe a follow up story idea but i'm sure maybe. it would take months to to yeah. get that data together hmm. but in a lot of cases uh, these cases are not even public Uh, okay, and these about, NGOs are not talking very publicly about. Yes, we have challenged the government's order in the court right. because because they are still hanging by thread, and their entire survival is hanging by of thread. Course. And they are saying that you know, like we have already, we don't know why we are facing the brunt of everything, and and we don't want to lose any chance for right. our even the slightest opportunity to survive. Right, right. In the market, so as you have said, like because in in India we don't have a philanthropy or donation culture, huh. and that's because these NGOs have to rely on the FCRA. Huh. But uh, don't you think that also impacts uh, the work they do, or that make like you know that uh, like the government plays around the narrative, you know? True. Uh, like if I am like even if I am doing something good. they can play it around my work uh, because i am getting fund from the foreign country or from some foreign organization so what do they say about this this whole thing you know the the fcra thing gives the government the narrative angle no yeah. there is a narrative True. they are try- writing against us because they are getting fun from it yeah, and that's what happened with news click yeah. right 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 so, which you were yeah so reporting. is there any there is no uh, alternative model for it 
so that was the thing so there was this justice khanwilkar's judgment in very recent judgment in 2020 because government uh, further tightened the screw of the ngo sector by making introducing some amendments to the fcra yeah. act so and the entire ngo sector was like very vocal about these these amendments they said no Today, we don't want it is bjp tomorrow there will be congress congress exactly. will do the same because exactly. government has the power true you are correct you can play around the narrative you are absolutely correct so justice khanwilkar said that uh, you know like these ngos exactly that you know they are they are running this foreign narrative in the country yeah, yeah, yeah. so therefore they should be dependent on indian donors and that's when indian donors come have come into picture like we have found this in our story that when their fcra suspended or cancel the indian donors have also backed out fearing the reprisals from the government yeah okay hmm. so they are saying that one of the indian donors i uh, like i think we shouldn't uh, name that indian donor in the podcast but we have mentioned his name in the story because we have reached out to them and we are still waiting for the response and so the ngos these two ngos who were receiving like good good amount of grant from this particular donor which i'm talking about they said that the government had inquired them for giving funding to us and therefore they introduced this as a policy to not give funding to us after our fcra was suspended so when they don't have support of indian donors neither yeah. they don't yeah. have or foreign donors then how are they they are going to survive yeah. and in slick's case which is which was founded by colin we saw like 15 offices across india have been shut down yeah and that was the biggest ngo of pro bono work yeah legal pro so legal what pro is bono the alternative work. model for funding is that's what any- we are all struggling with they are all the officers were all telling me that the alternative model could have been indian donors but again they are not that bold or courageous to support us mm. what do you think pratyush what could what do, do you mean? have a alternative model know, like, in mind because you your no, brain seems to be yeah, some calculation yeah like why, we need to find Yeah. Thing, no, that that question came to me because it is easy to make a narrative around your foreign contribution. Yeah, I'm just no. saying anti-India. Uh, anti-India. If you if you write something, they say oh, US is funding anti-India. And yeah. right. Pakistan is funding. True. India. And right after Narendra Modi came to power in May 2014, in June 2014, while I was doing my research, I found that IB came out with a report about Greenpeace. In the same thing that you know they are spinning some foreign narrative yeah. in India, wow. which But is anti-development. So just in like one, one month. month. <laughs> But tell me, how many of these NGOs are very critical of the government? Because I see some of them do do publish reports that can be seen as critical, True. but they are still not. There really... are a lot of NGOs who are not that critical. For example, there's this. Uh, so of course, like we could not, like we didn't have that kind of a bandwidth and resources to go through all of like twenty thousand yeah. NGOs and what kind of work they do. So the NGOs whose FCRA has been suspended or cancelled, they can be categorized into four categories. One is that which were getting. huge amount of foreign donations but they were not that critical of the government for example in that category care india might fit mm-hmm. because care india works very closely yeah, with state governments right. like bihar and up so they are not very critical of the government mm-hmm. like if you go through their website you won't see any reports mm-hmm. they don't come out with these kind of reports mm-hmm. like oxfam so they are saying that why they are being targeted because the government of the day has that kind of a narrative that we are not dependent on foreign donations you know like anti foreign kind of So hmm. it is a basic that mindset idea. of the government that that's the, that's what they are saying. Like one of the officers said, like, हमने तो COVID के time पे गोरखपुर में भी hospital बनाया था तो हमें क्यों target किया? So what government wants कि the new organisation should rely on foreign funding. Then the FCR should be revoked. <laughs> revoked. True. Well, the act should be. And the interesting thing is that FCR was introduced during emergency time. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, like the law was introduced in 1976. Oh. 
during when Indira Gandhi imposed emergency. So it's not like the first time when this whole <laughs> the act was introduced in yeah. 1976. So so the second kind of categories of the NGOs which are critical of the government, mm. which are like or uh, like Oxfam India, they'll come out with reports which punctures the narrative that there's no poverty in India. Mm. Then the third kind of NGOs who work on environment sector. because they are see, being seen as anti development mm. or they question mm. the top businessmen mm. like life environics trust and then maybe then there's fourth which they are saying is that the faith based organizations but the fourth category i don't know like big names have been targeted in the past like one of the ngos by mother teresa missionaries of mm. charity it also got their fcra suspended but then within a week their fcra they gained their fcra back so that's a mystery yeah what happened there what happened within that one week that yeah, because there was a lot of international backlash sure. about it i uh, want to speak to you in detail about yeah. the impact but we'll just uh, also discuss pratyush's story uh, so pratyush before we get into the whole cash for query allegations and what your story is about can you give us a little bit background of what this controversy is so basically uh, one of uh, her acquaintance we can say ajay anand dehadrai is an advocate so he filed a complaint to cbi as well as bjp uh, mp nishikant dube alleging that mahua was asking certain questions in the parliament hmm. uh, on behalf of hirandani group uh, basically naming darshan hirandani the ceo of yeah. uh, the hirandani group so allegation is that ki uh, hirandani has some business interest Uh, which are in conflict to uh, uh, in conflict with Adani basically hmm. Adani and Hirandani is a business competitors right. and uh, Mahua was helping Hirandani by asking questions uh, against Adani or targeting Adani okay. in her questions in the parliament okay. so and in exchange it was alleged she, she used to uh, get expensive gifts and all right. so that is the basic part of it then uh, you know the parliament's ethic committee is now going to i think uh, going to hear it on october 26 thursday okay so yeah so but i think cbi hasn't registered yet the complaint i'm not sure about right. it but so uh, the complaint is there in the cbi okay so according to the allegations out of the 62 questions asked by the mohua around 51 hmm. has to do with uh, this favorite hirandani hirandani group so i had also got access to the complaint filed by uh, uh, dehadrai uh, uh, to the cbi hmm. where he listed out all the 61 he listed out 61 questions and uh, it's kind of a list where he puts out the question and he, then he gives a remark this question has to do with hirandani is this business because okay. that kind of a list right. he has given to the cbi but so, your story says that nine out of the total yeah. 62 questions so we questions. didn't go through his allegations right. basis but we all we also uh, researched and we tried to look into the, the yeah through yeah. her questions so uh, we found that there are at least nine questions where where it has to do it adanis yeah. and in i think two to three of them adanis name was clearly mentioned yeah. and some of them it was about um, dhimra port right. which is in urissa right. and it is a adanis business interest or everybody okay. knows so dhimra port is actually his her first question in parliament okay. she got elected in 2019 hmm. her first question in july uh, 2019 hmm. if i'm not wrong was about uh, adanis dhimra port okay about But, this uh, huh. you know about the uh, iocl and gales uh, business interest in the dhimra But tell me one thing if 
you found that there were nine yeah. questions relating to the Adani group that she had asked hmm. on how has he listed around 50 questions like are they the yeah, same just, questions in it, the house that he has interpreted differently or yeah, are they questions that are just not there on the house no 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 he has access, listed like you he, can easily he has access. listed correct questions okay. the questions asked by mohua he has listed only them huh? yeah. i think there is only one question missed in his complaint okay. um, which is also against adanis but i don't know why he missed that out <laughs> maybe he didn't saw it or hmm. I, we don't know hmm. but the point is ki he mentioned the right questions but he is trying to link everything to uh, like you know in business interest of hirandani for example there was a question on related natural gas which is not very specific and it has nothing to i don't see ki it has some business interest right. but we cannot say it now, uh, all right now but he says ki because uh, here natural gas is also a, like you know main business of hirandani group hmm. so this is to help hirandani okay. so every question she is like asking like he's like joined dots yeah, very he, loose very loose joining yeah. of do- yeah. dots but there are some certain questions to uh, to be correct there is one question by mahua where she mentioned each energy which is a subsidiary of hirandani group hmm. to each energies i think uh, business dealing about um, let me read you the question you will get it hmm. it was asked on august 4 2021 so see it's it's about h energy which is owned by the hirandani group so the question was to the external affairs she asks whether the petroleum and re- natural gas regulatory board had authorized iocl gale and h energy to build a natural gas pipeline through bengal to bangladesh border hmm so she asked about the status of a project uh, run by h energy which is hirandani so here we can say ki of course why does she need to know about the h energy's you know uh, project about the government approving the project run by the h energy there we can raise some kind of a question hmm. ki okay but i mean if we go about raising questions about questions that you yeah. know mps are asking mm-hmm. then it is a little subjective right right like, very subjective yeah. even in this case you he might say ki it is a public interesting yeah. it's a business between two country india and yeah. the bangladesh so bengal's uh, you know interest is also there economic yeah. interest is there so we cannot say directly but the complaint that we saw on right, the cbi right. so it, it tries to link everything to matlab hirandani group and uh, tell me a little about the 2005 cash for query scam while reading your story yeah. i came across references to that and i believe a sting operation hmm. uh, i think it was cobra post that showed yeah. 11 mps accepting yeah. cash in exchange for raising questions in the parliament hmm. can you tell us a little about that and how that, it that is that was a uh, like you know that was a very interesting operation like yeah. i read it in Anirudh's book, huh? Okay. So because we were very small, yeah, like, which you recommended la- yeah, on last the last time. podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. there. Like, it it okay. is a very good chapter on the uh, cash for query thing okay. of two thousand five six. Right. So what they did is they sent a uh, reporter. Uh, in the case, uh, like you know, uh, huh, showing her, it's a sting operation, basically saying, yeah. "Yeah, this is our company, huh. and uh, we have some, we have some business interests, and we want you to." ask these these questions hmm. and interestingly wahan pe if you read the book there are very good references they are they ask some, they put certain questions which have no meaning at all <laughs> they made a, they made a name of fake company and it passed through all the process in the parliament the mp asked the question then the secretary put it before the ministry and ministry even answered and they were made up companies companies names were made up very funny names were there very funny questions <laughs> like if somebody with a 
logical mind would have read it very seriously they would have got an idea yaar what is this about so it this is nothing there is no fact check basically and mm-hmm. even aniruddha uh, yeah. in his book says they did it just to show how yeah. lose this whole process and 11 mps were yeah. shown so d- was there a case after that what happened It, were they... there was a case going on but okay. i'm not sure about right. the but i think yeah there was a right. case but in what... I, I think there was a inquiry committee by one of the retired Uh, Supreme Court judge, if I'm right. not wrong, okay. and it uh, it indeed called the reporter journalist uh, to uh, okay. you know about. Okay. So that the, was a, but that was but visual evidence. But this didn't result in any uh, like you know. But there was visual evidence. <laughs> like uh, yeah. I think the main difference between that and this yeah. is firstly visual evidence, and secondly, in your report you mentioned that there's no money trail. Money right? trail, and there is like all these are very subjective. No. Yeah. So just because she asks the question about a company, you cannot say she. took money to ask the question right and you have to prove this two parts you know you have to link it up right. i see ask this question on this date she received this thing on uh, priority right. asking but, question right uh, what was her relation with hiranandani like uh, i believe jay was a close personal friend of hers uh-huh. but was hiranandani also a That's close friend that was has been telling on the social media ki right. hiranandani is a uh, darshan hiranandani right. is a good friend that's what say but we don't know if they have any business interest or right. and how has she responded to the allegations she, she has been responding she has been saying denying everything she has been saying she has been targeted just because she has been raising question against the adani right so which she has i mean whether has, or not has it been has raising. any yeah, interest which i'm sure the investigation and, uh, interestingly all those who raise questions against adani have to face some kind of mm. this kind of you know it, it's That's a question very interesting in yeah if you check <laughs> actually that, i was about to say this huh. that you know like it's so sur- it's not surprising anymore to see how all of our stories yeah. are revolving in a way <laughs> one way or another around mm. mr adani you know, i noticed one thing very uh, uh, like when i did a story on adani like first day huh. it was very normal response on the twitter but on the second day started like as i saw like three four accounts like these are kind of you know bot accounts i believe huh. they have they started to you know so what is wrong with this adani is that like this tried to support the same happened in my story uh, then they then you check their profile they will have only posts related to adani only so this might be a new social media troll team managed by the adani group Yeah, but I mean, of course, investigation should be done since something like this has happened before. But I also feel like I very often see Mahua being targeted online for mm. things like having an expensive bag, yeah. you know, or having a drink, yeah. smoking with someone. I mean, it's yeah. she is so, an easy target also because she is very vocal, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe she's had misogyny. A misogyny. I yeah. She, I think, she was working at a high-profile yeah. job before, yeah. so she clearly has the you know, so and she is a woman cash. with her own. Like, hmm. you're yeah. not advocating for Mahua, but of course, but it's just. But let let's just address the <laughs> elephant in the even room that misogyny does exist. Whatever we say, her party is not even standing with her. If you say the recent right, statement by the also, TMC, yeah. they are saying that we'll only comment after the Parliament Ethics Committee gives right. whatever I mean, says. Right. I mean, maybe that is. It's a good thing that they are investigating into mm-hmm. it and they're not pushing it under the carpet. I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. It's also about who is part of the mm-hmm. committee. Um, committee is like you know, it's it is yeah. BJP majority of BJP MP. So of course. Like, yeah, you know, and uh, where do you see this going? Because last week, at least on social media, this story was 
yeah. all everyone was talking Maybe about. Maybe we'll keep it in the public memory. <laughs> and wait, please tell me about Henry the dog. How is he involved? And Pratyush well, it, and I have had many arguments because I'm a big dog lover. He is kind of the opposite. So yes, I have to bring up Henry the Henry, elephant in the room. Uh, I think the last time I think uh, I think last uh, last news about Henry was Mohua's lawyer approaching the Delhi High Court just asking for I think uh, uh, Henry's custody. custody in exchange for dropping the CBI case. So oh Henry is so important. <laughs> Henry, Henry can is, change the it's all about whole him. thing. <laughs> yeah. So coming back to Sumedha's story, mm. a major part of his story is also about the impact that this crackdown has had on the NGOs, mm. which I have not really read another story that goes into this as much as yours. So do mm. tell us with your case studies what has the impact been, you know, in terms of job mm. losses, shutting mm. down offices, and the whole overall picture. The impact is massive. Yeah, like uh, we just we just calculating data for Oxfam India, Care India, Slick. and center for equity studies and over 2400 people lost their jobs and this number is very close to the number of people who lost their jobs in byju's hmm. and we have to understand this in the context that ngo sector is responsible for 2 to 3% of the gdp okay even if it's not a major contributor hmm. it's a contributor yeah and how in another way we can see the loss is that because we are based out of delhi so and because of the limited resources and all we were able to focus only on these big international ngos or the big or the very popular domestic hmm. ngos but if we understand the whole funding structure yeah. of the ngos in india we have to understand that it's the oxfam india or it's the care india which has that kind of technical capabilities to hmm. get funding to be able to apply for proposals from bmgf like big donors like bill and melinda gates foundation hmm. or uh, open society foundation like whatever it is hmm. so like it's it's these ngos so when they get a big chunk of funding it's them which uh, allocates the small small amount for various projects for multiple projects to small ngos which are distributed across the country so oh. if if their fcra funding has been choked it's directly gonna impact the small ngos in the country yeah. across the country despite the fact whether they have fcra or not So this is another big yeah, impact that's a very of the interesting entire aspect if not directly indirectly it how indirectly. it is affecting the entire sector yeah, and for, I mean and so many people who might be working as volunteers in that yeah, sector for yeah. example in the case of care india which uh, which had to let go of 2000 employees which is a big number only 900 of its staff was permanent the other the rest was volunteer or working as consultant so they were saying oxfam india was not just care but oxfam india were also telling me the same thing that earlier they used to you know give permanent job to the person after 2 to 3 months of consultancy hmm. period but now they are not able to do so and six offices of them have been shut down and it's also like this is the sector that works towards the uh, betterment of you know usually a vulnerable section of the society right, or like, betterment of any sort of section or community you know which needs it so that empowerment is so important especially when we are still a developing nation exactly so this is going to i'm sure affect other sectors as well right true and like um, i don't know like but a lot of people have been telling me that india might not have been able to eradicate polio Hmm. or fight against hiv we didn't have such a strong ngo network who was working at the grassroots level in the health sector along with workers like asha workers yeah. or anganwadi workers because they are very this is very close knit community yeah they have to work in so synergy to yeah so either the government you know is able to implement all its policy on its own hmm. and then can they can let go of the ngo sector if they are so afraid of the criticism right. but if they are not what if they are not able to fully functional in that way and 
to be able to execute yeah. it's all its policy in the right manner right. till that time we need the we need the sector and it's good only if we accept that we need them yeah and when you look into the fcra funding uh, before it was cancelled are you able to also find from where it was coming who it was coming from is mm-hmm. that data that is available yeah, yeah they have made uh, the access that these ngos have to make their data okay. publicly available online right. so in okay. in their annual report so for yeah. example in the case of chri their major donor was open society foundation which is owned by george Fito soros so <laughs> exactly so you know a lot of media reports came out with So investigative pieces that after CHRI's uh-huh. license was suspended, they came out with investigative pieces saying that oh, this was the NGO we have founded was funded by George Soros. Yeah. So the his their director Venkatesh Nair. What about the Nair- other NGOs? What were the countries? Is there any like data that indicates so, what countries again, had more? Again, we were not able to compile that data, right. but that would not have been difficult to pull out had the Ministry of Home Affairs was still regularly putting out its annual reports. So after okay. 2013 hmm. no annual reports about the ngos complying with the foreign contribution regulation act has come out so till 2013 we have those annual reports which mention like who are the biggest donors top yeah. 15 donors top 15 countries yeah. but why we don't have that data so and it's they've just stopped putting it they out they have just stopped and putting out the data and before 2013 every year it used yeah, yeah, to come yeah. out it was it was an annual thing another interesting thing which ministry of home affairs has done is that indian express reported on that hmm. that they pulled out all the data of annual reports and receipts by these ngos because as as per the act these data has to be made publicly available but last year only or i think this year they pulled out that data mm-hmm. saying that it's unnecessary for people to watch it <laughs> so that's why we have not been able to you know like i would have loved to yeah. know like who are the biggest donors you know which countries yeah. and like we need that kind of data but unfortunately we don't have so yeah. a lot of rtis have been filed in ministry of home affairs asking for all the cancellation orders of those 20000 ngos but they have been the rtis activists have been denied those yeah. rtis and samita you spent a lot of weeks yeah. on this story you know i remember we discussed this like what were the major obstacles you faced while reporting on this because hmm. um, there can be i can think of so many options so hmm. i w- we would just like to hear from you um the most difficult part was that they were all talking to me anonymously and when people talk anonymously it's very hard to you know cross check things and as reporters so like yeah i mean can I understand I their, yeah oxfam india people would have you know like talking to me not anonymously but i understand where they are also coming yeah. from because they are very scared like you like, said they have their cases pending yeah they have their so cases sure subjudice and it's not just you know like fcra there are a lo- lot of things for example in the case of center for equity studies why they are afraid in 2020 it all started from i think ncpcr national commission for child right protection hmm. they raided all the child protection centers set, set up in delhi by center for equity studies so center for equity studies is owned the founder is harsh mandar hmm. so and we know uh, harsh mandar has always been very critical of the government so it started with ncpcr raiding all the chedler homes in 2020 or i think 2019 this is much before fcra was suspended or their fcra was suspended so after ncpcr on the basis of ncpcr's found findings delhi police economic wing registered a case then on the basis of that case ed registered a case then their fcra was revoked and wow. fcra was revoked saying that you know they were not complying with fcra norms and then on the basis of that cbi case was also <laughs> registered so like they are like bhai ab to matlab <laughs> <laughs> it started talking. with ncpcr and reached to cbi and it reached to cbi 
and and it's like all possible government agency you can think of and then yeah. there was this very interesting anecdote i'll share with you i was talking to someone in care india mm. so i was asking them ki you know like please come on record you know just mm. you know why don't you tell me these things openly and i was asking for a lot of other information also he's like we don't want ed knocking at our doors bhai bas ab wahi bachcha hai yeah. so this is like one common consensus among the um, among the in the ngo sector but there's another common consensus is like bhai ab sab kuch to ho gaya so we don't have any other option we have to be vocal about it yeah. so i met both the kind of officers interesting uh do read the rest of sumeda's story which is behind the paywall if you're not a subscriber subscribe and catch the rest of the details from newslaundry.com now for the last and also read pratyush's story just because right. it's <laughs> no, it's right. already it's old. It's not uh, behind the paywall, but it is a very interesting read. I think this is a topic that has been on everyone's. It's a hot topic. It is the hot topic. You've got the hot story, and now for the last section of our podcast, uh, recommendations. I hope you guys know what you're going to recommend to our viewers: what to watch, read, listen to. My recommendation for the week is uh, from the New Yorker. It is written by Haruki Murakami, oh, uh, the running favorite. novelist. Okay. It's about how he, how running, like you know, to summarize it in one sentence, it would be like. Isn't this the article based on which the book was uh, written? Sure. Too. He has a book about running, which is like a autobiography. So basically, it's like how running. Uh, is helped yeah. him to grow as a novelist. Yeah. How it is a very important part of him over the last thirty three years. So it is interest. It's a very interesting read, and you will get to know about how from his like you know the jazz club he used to mm. run in uh, Japan to like you know to how he started the no as a career as a novelist. And I really like the essay. Love it. I is this not what I talk about when I talk about running the book? Is it different? I'm not. I guess sure. he talks a lot about running then. Yeah. Then he talks. <laughs> So yeah, he, he like it's this whole essay is about running only. Wow! It's But a story. I, I also do like about, you know yeah. why I like this like you know his article because I have also started running in last. Two months. So basically, it, I I was getting a lot of inspiration. <laughs> he was talking about the same things when we feel like you know, let's not go to run today. Like wow. we have some work. Then he writes how how he convinces himself to go for running. Yeah. Ki how privileged he is as a novelist. So it is the smallest thing he can yeah. do. So this get this also motivates me to go for running. Very so nice. So that's why it, it, this is my recommendation for the week. I really approve of this recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Murakami <laughs> can write about the blandest things and it will still. Be Make for yeah. such an engaging read. So I will take your recommendation. I hope others do as well. So Meeta, I also have a recommendation from New Yorker. Okay, this is <laughs> this the is magazine like of the month. Go to website or what? We are not being sponsored by New Yorker. I mean, I but wish. if they do want to collaborate with us, then uh, you can think free of subscription, please. Uh, tell your email addresses <laughs> <laughs> for collaboration. Oh God! So the piece is titled "Listening to Taylor Swift in Prison." Yeah, and I don't think I should be revealing anything about the piece because it's just not a reading; it's an experience. Yeah, and this man shares his experience about listening to Taylor Swift while he was in prison. And the sub subhead of the piece is her music makes me feel that I'm still part of the world I left behind. I would like to recommend Kufia on Netflix. Um. Yeah, it stars Tabu and my new favorite Vamika, which I think you like as yeah. well since we watched her on Jubilee. Uh, it's a spy movie uh, that is done very well. My colleague Saeed just called it cringe, and I got very upset because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, do watch it. I mean, Tabu, if nothing else. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. 
News laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run on corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com/slash-subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest news laundry experience, download our app, watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports, stay informed, pay for news, protect democracy, save the world.